0: Good morning, everybody. Good to see everybody this morning. Uh, We are going to have a a testimony like we did last week uh, here in just a moment. Uh, But first, we're going to let you hear from uh, someone uh, that you haven't heard from before uh, about an awesome ministry going on in the Philippines. His name is Dusty DeBoof. And, Dusty, if you go ahead and come here. Dusty is a uh, cousin of Roxy Fireball, and uh, he uh, manages a ministry called Legacy Home in the Philippines. I will let him tell you more about it, uh, but it's a great ministry that we thought you needed to hear about.
1: Good morning, everyone. Boy, it is blessed to be in God's house this morning, isn't it? Brothers and sisters in Christ. I tell you what, I love Texas. It is wonderful being down here again. I I spent a lot of time here when I was a kid. um, But I almost forget that southern hospitality. We live in, well, I actually live in the Philippines now. But um, I sat there in my seat before service this morning. And I'll bet 30 people came out of their way to make sure they shook my hand this morning. That's good stuff. That's living it out, guys. Proud of you. Praise God. In 2009, I'm going to jump right in. I don't have much time. I'm watching my wife. i got about five minutes here. I love first impressions, by the way. You don't know anything about me. I can be anybody. This morning, I'm going to be Batman. No, I'm just kidding. All right. In 2009, I ended up on an accidental trip to the Philippines. Has anybody ever done that? Yeah, I figured. I thought I was the only one. make a long story short, I had somebody tell me about a trip that was going to the Philippines. Dropped the bomb on me. It's in three weeks. God does some amazing, incredible stuff. Three weeks later, I'm 15 hours on an airplane. Oh, my Lord. Anybody here ever spent 15 hours on an airplane? Oh, good heavens. I never prayed for the rapture so hard in my life. But I want to tell you. That, it, that is the optimal place to save people, to, sit, to lead people to Christ. After 15 hours on an airplane, you realize everybody wants saved. They're like, oh God, just, just save me, God. Get me out of here, right? It was day two in Manila when God just chose to break my wife and I's heart. As we're traveling through a city of 13 million people, my wife and I look over and we see these two small boys and I found a little piece of shade under an awning. And they were spooning together and they were dirty. Their feet were black and their clothes falling off and so thin. You could almost see through them. It killed us. It seemed like all 13 million people were on the streets that day. Stepping over and stepping around like they were stray dogs. Just avoiding them. My wife and I tried to get the taxi driver to stop. Stop. He said, No, no, no. He answered this very short. He said, For every one you see, there's a thousand you don't. I want you to know that that wasn't a good enough response then, and it's not a good enough response now. There's 1.8 million. Children under the age of 18 on the streets in the Philippines. Let me put that into a ballpark that you'll understand. The Philippines is a country, and in its landmass size is roughly three eighths the size of Texas, with more than 100 million residents. Put that in terms: four times as many people, less than half the size of the of, of land. At 100 million residents, that means every 100. Two of them are street children. Children living on the streets with nothing, dirty, and, and their bodies covered in wounds from the filth that they've been living on. Stomach filled with worms. Hair that is so full of, of lice and insects that they've got wounds that have begun to, uh, begin to scourge throughout their hair and down their back of their neck. We had to do something. God called Don and I that day. And roughly six months later, we opened the Legacy Home Orphanage. We began working on the facility, rather. We built an 8,000 square foot facility in Legazpi City, Philippines, that is built to handle 60 to 80 street children. Guys, that's nowhere touching the problem. You understand that 1.8 million, we're not even touching it. Don and I believe that God has called us to build 80 facilities throughout the Philippines, but we're still not even touching it. We need God's people to rise up. You understand? This is how we change the world. A lot of people don't even try things because they think I can only do this much. So they don't even try. You understand? The world has changed when Christians take it on themselves to do what they can and the best with what they have. One person at a time. Right now we have 23 children and we're, tr- and we're working towards filling up this facility and we're going to move to the next. And one child at a time, we sow into them love. We give them an education, an opportunity, a chance at life. We take care of those medical deficiencies and those dental deficiencies. We pour into their life with everything that we have. One by one. That's how this world gets changed. Get off the bench. We have a job to do, church. I'm reminded of a story every time I share, and I I like to share it. It's about a little girl on the seashore, and she's going going down the beach, and and the tide had gone out, and there's hundreds of thousands of of, uh, starfish. Have you guys heard this? Hundreds of thousands and miles of beach line, and she's out there hands to elbows, throwing them out just as fast as she can. This businessman comes walking along. He sees her on the beach, and he's curious. And he walks over to her, and he says, Little girl, what are you doing? Look around you. There's hundreds of thousands of these things and miles of beach. You can't possibly make a difference. little girl holds up the one in her hand, and she says to this one, I make a difference. Guys, this is how we change the world. I believe everyone in this room has called to be a world changer. And I'm not not saying that you're supposed to move to the Philippines, although come on over. I need all the help I can get. I'm saying within your circle, wherever God has placed you, God has called you to be a world changer. Right where you are. Unless, of course, you're supposed to come with me, in which case I'll help you buy tickets later. (laughs) Guys, I want to tell you all about the Legacy Home, and I don't have time this morning, and I don't want to infringe on Pastor Corey's message this morning. So, if you want to hear more, I'll invite you out to Aunt Roxy and Uncle Greg's place Tuesday night, 6 o'clock. If you'd like to hear, come on out. Talk to them a little bit about it, they'll give you some info. God bless you all. Thank you so much.
0: So Tuesday night at six, steak and lobster, whole nine, we're good. Thank you, Dusty, for sharing with that with us. Uh, it does my heart good anytime we get to hear uh, about ministry that God is doing all over the world. You know, we have connections and we've heard, and you're actually going to hear from Armstrong next week. Uh, we've heard from different people that we have partnered with in the past, and uh, it's always good to see uh, a good work being done, uh, knowing that no situation is too bleak. Uh, No atmosphere too dark uh, for the Holy Spirit to be at work, to call God's people to ministry uh, and mission uh, and for God to change lives. Uh, And He's the same God that's at work in your life today. Uh, And so as we are thinking along these lines of God, uh, orchestrating plans in such a way to change lives and thinking of our owns and how God is working in our lives as well, I'm going to invite Scott Cloud up here this morning uh, to sit and share with us uh, as we uh, continue along uh, in, our, in our series of testimonies, uh, hearing about God's story uh, and how our, our story plays a part in his. So I'm going to give Scott this microphone. I'm going to
2: turn mine on. Thank you, sir.
0: And we're going to open with a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for this morning. God, I thank you for uh, Dusty and the work being done at the Legacy Home. God, I pray that you would, <clears throat> God, that you would convict it upon the hearts of those that are called to partner with and help that ministry. God, to talk to him after the service or to, to go visit Tuesday. Uh, Lord, I pray now that you would uh, draw our hearts and our minds towards hearing your message, hearing your word, seeing your story at work in our story. God, I thank you for my brother Scott. God, I thank you for what you've done and what you're doing in his life. Uh, and God, I pray that this would be a time that is beneficial for him, for myself, uh, and for all of us gathered here this morning. I pray that in Jesus' name, amen. All right, uh, just like last week, uh, I'm going to ask a few questions of Scott and He'll kind of share a little bit about his past, uh, as well as what God is, is doing currently in his life right now. So, uh, the first question, Scott, is what interaction did you have with faith and religion growing up?
2: I didn't grow up in a particularly church-going family. My my mother occasionally would play piano in, in a local church and. Uh, Glenview Baptist Church. And so I remember being very young, and her mom had a friend over one time, and she asked if we were Christians, and I was maybe Jonah's age, seven or so. And I remember being scared of this woman. I don't know why, but she scared me. And she basically kind of forced us to pray a prayer with her and then she proclaimed that we were Christians and I just remember kind of wanting to be away from her and I think religion in general as a small child is a scary thing Mm. you can you know you can scare God right out of kids (laughs) you know so uh, and as I grew up, I just remember thinking, well, I'm a Christian. I, I did go to church occasionally, went to Falls Creek uh, Church Camp okay. a few times. And then as I got older, kind of just drifted out of the church and, and didn't really, I was a guitar player and was traveling and doing some touring and didn't go to church at all. Okay.
0: By the way, for, I, I should have introduced him at first. Many of you know Scott Scott plays the uh, electric guitar lead guitar it 's not always electric but lead guitar yeah. in our in our second service uh, in case you didn't didn 't recognize him um, so okay, you told us a little bit about kind of your react, your interaction with faith growing up and the and the experience you had with a woman who kind of frightened you into uh, a conversion experience that really wasn 't a conversion um, so you mentioned, you know, being on the road and traveling and, and being involved uh, in, in the guitar playing, um, and we shared. It, it's been several months now, but I remember sharing uh, with the congregation that that you had, you know, later in life, uh, a, a true conversion experience where you began following Jesus. So before before that, how would you describe your life before you begin actively following Jesus?
2: I felt like. I was in control of what I did and that I I felt like I I had an idea of what I believed God did and was in at least my life, but I didn't put any real effort or time into developing a relationship or developing anything uh, that was helpful to me in any way that guided me or kept me on track, I I suppose is the way to say it. I, I didn't have a relationship. I had ideas of what I thought God was and did, but there was no interaction or or daily worship or anything like that okay so <clears throat>
0: that moment just i guess it's been a year or so ago now probably june 21st june 21st okay almost a year um last year when you recognized that there was there was a problem that you had been thinking and, and believing you were a christian but but at the same time having this sneaking suspicion that something wasn't quite right Describe what what happened that led you to finally make the the decision to, okay, I'm going to um, stop doing whatever this is and and
2: start following Jesus. We have a family friend, a gentleman named Morgan Bush, who's uh, also a pastor, and I consider him very uh, wise, I I guess, (laughs) a good word, and he, I began to understand that I had been led here, and I didn't know why, sorry, you're good, (laughs) but I knew I had been led here. Uh, I found myself at church every Sunday. And originally, it was as a paycheck. That's what got me here. Uh, I knew that, that it was a gig. And as time went on, I knew something else was going on. I didn't know what. But, so I I called Morgan and just said, hey man, can you come over and just, let's meet once a week, whatever. And uh, so we started, he started coming over once a week and we would, Kind of delve into just religious concepts uh, I wasn't <laughs> I felt like I was a Christian person and that I had grown up that way more or less, but I didn't have the first clue really about what that meant and and how a a life can be directed and but I felt like I was being directed. I felt like things were being orchestrated and I felt out of control. And that was not comfortable for me and and sometimes it still isn't. I felt like I've always led my own life and thought my own thoughts and done my own thing and I was pretty content with that okay and so as time went on I began to kind of learn things from our meetings with Morgan and began to understand that I was not in control and wasn't supposed to be Mm -hmm. and through a series of events, got saved on June 21st.
0: Amen. How old are you, Scott? I know that's not on the list. 52. 52. 52 years young. Amen. Yeah. I've
2: been 26 twice.
0: (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) Um, So you were 51 when you yes. made the decision to follow Jesus. Uh, it's just a break momentarily for just a second. You know, no matter what point in your life you're at, no matter how much life experience you've had, no matter what you've gone through, no matter how much you think you should know or other people think you should know, uh, there is never a moment where God cannot intervene in your life uh, and, and make a difference to call someone home to faith or to call you to a new path. Um, we shared a couple. We shared last week a little bit about our our time in, in Canada, but the guy that we worked with there, Matthew, uh, he went to seminary at the age of forty, uh, and then a couple years after that felt the call to go plant a church in Canada. Um, God can can move in your life at any point. Uh, I sat in seminary classes, besides people who had retired from other jobs and were in their sixties, uh, and God had given them a new calling. So uh, as long as you have a humble spirit like Scott's, always willing to learn more, and Scott and I have had. Great conversations together. Um, fuzzy tacos, Fuzzy's taco. You might oh, yeah. see us there in Burleson often. Um, and and we, we're searching together. He's asking good questions uh, and, and seeing that kind of spirit in anyone where we don't think we have it all figured out, but always open what God's, God has, has planned for us, whatever that plan might be. Uh, I see that in Scott, and I hope that you can apply that in your life as well. So, <clears throat> what would you say is, is is the difference today? Now that you've begun
2: following Jesus, I am actively <clears throat> pursuing a, a, a relationship, or trying to hear and figure out the difference between the voice that's mine and an external voice, or maybe it's an internal voice that is not mine. I'm seeking that, and it's it's an active thing. It's something I do every day when I, when I wake up. I have an app on my phone, a, a devotional, and I open it up every morning and spend, you know, at least 15 minutes a day just in the morning when I wake up And trying to learn. And I think that I'm getting to where I can hear what I'm being directed, you know, to to hear just not my voice anymore. Okay. And feeling like uh, I'm not in control and that's a good thing. What about the the biggest struggle that you've
0: encountered, either in, you know, God leading you towards him
2: or since you've begun following him? The biggest struggle I have is knowing the difference between okay. my voice and the voice of God and just. Am I being told or asked or led or is it something that I am trying to do on my own or are these, you know, the thoughts that I'm, okay, should I stay here and do this, or should I try this over here, you know, and I have recently taken on a new job, and it's, it's great, but I I want to feel like what I do inside of that is glorifying in some way. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that God is something that is really really difficult to understand. Mm. I, I think it's a very just understanding God is hard and and it requires work and it requires prayer and and I'm Doing that now and really that's, I think that's my biggest struggle is just knowing the difference between my thoughts and the the things that God is leading me to do. Okay.
0: I think a a lot of you probably identify with that. Amen. That's a struggle. Knowing the difference between our own voice and the voice of God. Uh, Once again, the the humility that comes with that and searching and listening uh, is good to hear, good to see. uh, and something that we can all use. Um I guess kind of as a as a final concluding question um if the people here this morning could have one takeaway from your story that told them something about about God or the way that he works what would you want
2: that to be If if you had something in your life that that happened maybe when you were a small child that you thought okay I 'm a Christian now. I would urge you to revisit that and think about it 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 may well be that you are a Christian. It may well be that you were saved or that you have a relationship, but if you don't be honest with yourself about it and and just think about it and You might be led to visit that again, and it will change your life.
0: All right. Thank you, Scott. (laughs) Thank you, Scott, for sharing, and thank you all for for being here and, and hearing that story. And I would pray that you would you would encourage Scott, that you would pray for him daily, uh, but that you would also take that to heart, uh, that message, uh, both the idea that at any point in our lives, God can, can speak to us, can call us in a new direction, uh, and also being willing to critically think about your relationship with Jesus. We don't tell you that, or he doesn't tell you that, for any of you to question a legitimate salvation experience We certainly don't want you to do that. We want you to be confident in what Jesus has done in your life. It's it's not about you anyway. It's about what he has done. But at the same time, we know full well, we know statistically, we know all of the things in church studies and, and just interaction with people that we all come into contact with people who believe because they, they go to church or they do certain A, B, or C, uh, that they are saved, uh, that they took a dip in a baptistry a long time ago, uh, and that that was somehow uh, made everything right forever without there ever really being a heart change. Um, the Bible is, is very clear that we should work out our salvation with fear and trembling, uh, that, that this should be it not should be, it is, whether you want it to be or not, that it is the most important thing about you, is what you do with the message of Jesus Christ. Something that we are always looking inwardly and critically, not just in the sense of salvation, yes, but always looking inwardly and questioning, are we hearing our voice or or God's voice? Um, Is everything really as as fine as we make it out to be, or is it that we've disconnected from God and we're not listening to Him and where He is leading us? And, And maybe it's even the other way. For you and I've I've dealt with some in this category as well, where you're constantly worried about God not being pleased with you or or God not you know the the salvation experience that you had not being legitimate while all the while God is trying to give you the message that you are sealed and it is it is good and He's got you for eternity. And so the humility that comes with, with Scott, and that's what I've, I've, I've known and I've, I've appreciated from the very beginning uh, with Scott. Uh, those of you who don't ever come to the second service, uh, if you want to see what uh, excellent professional guitar playing and a worshipful attitude looks like, uh, you just need to listen to Scott play. Um, and, and not only does he play incredibly well, um, Bill and Lynn are, are music. Y'all are excellent in music. Your music professors can we can you call you that? Your First Baptist Church music professors. Uh, they'll tell you uh, that Scott is, is amazing. I'm not a musician, uh, so to me it's it's like watching Einstein do math. Uh, you know, I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Uh, but watching him do that is amazing. And he does it not with a sense of, and you've all been around people that are super talented that will remind you consistently that they are super talented and that you're not nearly as talented. Scott is not that. Um, Mark, who plays our bass, I was led by Scott. Uh, Stephen, who, who uh, uh, played and sang for us for, for many years, was taught the guitar by Scott. Uh, and he does that with a sense of humility and leading people in such a way that they can learn that. And that sense of humility is what I want you to take away. <clears throat> if I could have one thing that you took a sense of humility that comes with being open to what God is calling you to and sharing that with other people. Being bold enough to tell the truth even when it's difficult and listening to where God is leading. You see, there's elements to every story. Every good story has certain elements. Maybe you've walked out of a movie theater watching a movie and you were disappointed. Because it didn't come together at the end the way you wanted it to. Does anybody else get frustrated by those movies that feel like they have no ending? Or maybe a book that leaves you on a cliffhanger? Uh, especially if it's a series, you know, they're, uh, TV shows are perfect about this, right? They'll, they'll tell a story for an hour and then at the very last minute they'll leave off the most important part. So why wow, you come back again next week? Right, or, or, or some of them are even so bad that they do it right before every commercial break so that you'll stick around and watch the commercials. There is that sense of, of cliffhanger uh, that comes with that, and none of us like that because we like a complete story. You might like it, I guess, but most people don't. We appreciate complete stories. Uh, we don't like our lives filling up in the air either, And I look for meaning in every story that's ever been told to me. Maybe you're different. Every movie that I watch, Cheryl and I have a conversation afterward. What did that mean? I think it bothers her. I think she just wants to sit and enjoy sometimes, but I have to always ask that question, what was going on. I remember we went over to a friend's house and watched Cool Hand Luke for the very first time. Everybody has seen Cool Hand Luke. And I remember asking her after, what did that mean? Like, what was the, the director trying to communicate? What was the screen or, 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 or the, the, um, the script writer trying to communicate with that story? Maybe you can identify with that, wanting to always find the meaning in every element of every story. But certainly you can find the meaning in your own story to know what the author is thinking at every turn, what God is saying and where he is leading. Last week, we talked about the fact that your story is a part of God's story. What God is doing in your life is part of the story that he is telling to the entire world. And you have an opportunity to be a witness for God, both vocally and sharing the truth about the gospel, which we have encouraged you to do many times from this pulpit, But also in the life that you live and the story that is being told in your career, in your home, in your family, in your church life, in whatever it is that you put your hand to and you do for the glory of the Lord, God is telling that story, telling a story, his story, through yours. And what we want to add to that this morning before we take our Lord's Supper is that God communicates different truths as your story develops. At different points in your life, God is telling a different part of his story. What are the elements of a good story? There's the beginning, obviously, an introduction. We see that in Scripture very literally. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And we see that at the beginning of most stories, things are idyllic in a way. In Eden, everything is perfect. Everything is exactly the way that it's supposed to be. And what happens in every good story, a conflict is introduced into that situation. Now, while we would argue that it wasn't God's will for Adam and Eve to take the fruit that he told them not to take, we know that it's part of his plan since then to use that conflict and bring beauty out of it. The ideal becomes corrupt. Again, every good story you've ever seen had that element of conflict. Think about your favorite movie, mine's Braveheart, talk about conflict. There's quite a bit of it in there. Uh, maybe even, even from a child, right? Even, even, even the movies and the stories that you heard and that you read as a child, the center of it revolves around conflict. One of people's favorite Disney animated movies is The Lion King. So again, talk about conflict. When Scar kills Mufasa, you go from things being this, this idyllic world where Simba is going to come and be this perfect king to all of a sudden everything is thrown up into the air. And it guides the rest of the story. So perhaps you're in the midst of conflict in your life today. Again, conflict sells every good story. Perhaps the best-selling movie franchise of all time, Star Wars, deals at its center with a battle between good and evil, a conflict. You wouldn't have the whole story if it weren't for that conflict. And then, of course, as the conflict rises to a height, it comes to the apex of the story. The climax where good and evil finally face off and battle each other. We saw the conflict arise in the story of God and God's people when Adam and Eve sinned against him. You've seen the conflict arise in your own life when you saw that the way that sin would lead you astray from God. Both generally speaking over your whole life and in individual portions and stories within your life, you see that conflict rear its ugly head. But in the climax, the apex of the story, we see Jesus meet evil head on and we see light conquer darkness, we see good destroy evil, to remove the, sin of sti- the sting of sin and death to the cross of Jesus Christ. And at the center of our story, of every story, of God's story, of every story that's ever been told, at the center of it, we see the cross of Jesus Christ, the apex of the story, where all conflict is resolved, and then, of course, that is the final element of every good story is a resolution where the ends are tied up. You remember the old coming-of-age movies where it was about teenagers that, that something happened in a particular weekend and which completely changed their lives at the end of all those movies? you know, where they have the, 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 the subtitles at the bottom that this person went on to do this thing and this happened to this person and, and this is the way that everyone ended up. We see that in the, in the resolution of any good story and that's, that's why they have those because they can't just leave you up in the air. They have to t- show you how it's going to end. And we see our ultimate resolution in what God has done for us, what he is doing for us and what he will do for us in the kingdom of heaven. If you want to see the resolution of Scripture, of story, look at Revelation 22. Look at Revelation 21. Look at the picture of heaven and God's story. It's the end of the age, the end of our stories on earth, becoming fully involved and enveloped in God's story. So this morning, quickly, let me ask you, at what point are you in your story? God communicates different truths as your story develops. Are things in that beginning part in some part of your life, whether it's your career, your relationship, maybe you're just starting in retirement or some other new venture in your life and things are kind of this, everything seems good. Maybe you're in the midst of some sort of conflict. Again, it can be any number of things, whether it's a broken relationship or whether it's again something going on at work or or maybe as you grow older, you're beginning to come in the conflict that comes with declining health. Are you at that point where it seems that the battle is reaching its, its climax and, 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 and you're finally seeing good and evil face off against each other? You're seeing a relationship almost broken down, having the opportunity to either go left or go right, to go good or to go bad. Or maybe you're at the resolution where God is wrapping up the final touches of the story. I encourage you to view your life through the elements of the story that God has led you through, that God is leading you through. And ask yourself, what right now, in my particular phase of life, at the particular point in the story in which I'm walking, again, you can look at your life as a whole, or you can look at different seasons in your life as separate stories. Ask yourself, where am I right now? What is God doing in my life right now? And the important question behind that is, what is God telling the world What is God telling the people that I come into contact with? What is he telling them through this part of my story? Because your story is a part of God's story. God spoke very literally through Scott this morning, but also speaks through his life. Spoke through Carrie's testimony last week. We'll speak again through Paul and Beverly Pappa that are going to be with us next week. Telling us the story of what God has done and what God is doing. With what is going on in your life today, What story, what part of the story is God telling? And how can you share that with someone else? I'm going to pray here in just a moment. Bill and Lynn are going to lead us in a song of invitation. Again, we will be taking the Lord's Supper directly after that. So I would ask that you go ahead and begin to prepare your hearts for that. Uh, But if you need to pray about absolutely anything this morning, I will be down here to do that with you. Uh, If there's any part of your story that feels out of control or you're in the midst of conflict and you want to pray about that, or if you just want to be thankful uh, for a, st- a good story being told and you're finally in the resolution phase of something that has been a heavy conflict, I, I would love to pray with you about that. Uh, if what Scott shared this morning leads you to, to realize that you need a relationship, a real relationship with Jesus, I would love to pray with you about that as well. So you can come down and pray during our time of invitation or you can find me after the service either way. But let's go ahead and stand together. I'm going to pray. Bill and Lynn are going to lead us. And you move in whatever way God is calling. Father, again, we thank you for this morning. And God, we thank you for your word that we got to hear this morning. God, we thank you for what you have done in Scott's life, what you've done in all of our lives. God, I would pray that if there's anyone here this morning that does not know you, that does not have a real, active, fruit-bearing relationship with you, God, that you would call them home. And God, that through your Holy Spirit, you would convict them and give them the boldness to act upon the way that you were leading in their lives. God, for those of us who do know you, God, if you are calling us a new direction, no matter what season, what element of the story being told in our life we are in, God, again, I pray for that same courage. And God, I pray that you would allow all of us to leave here this morning asking ourselves the question and giving us an answer as to what part of our story you are telling and what part of your story you're telling through us. Pray that in Jesus' name, amen.